We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati again. It was Sunday fun day for the Cincinnati Bengals. They didn't play today, but everybody in the AFC North lost their two and two big Sunday night football game next week on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. We'll preview, predict more of that as the week goes on, but I'm going to stay with the offensive line right now. Ted Karras is a fan favorite. I am still waiting, and I, I if I miss it, I'm going to be so bummed. But I know the Bengals keep teasing his mic'd up, the full segment of the whole game of him being mic'd up the game, the whole entire game. I cannot talk on this podcast today. Uh, did you watch some of the clips of Ted? Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, yeah. And he's just he's excited all the time. He did the <laughs> I think he did the fist bump again. Like, yeah, yes. Oh man. <laughs> There were a couple of times just in that minute and a half that they showed us that were my favorite. My One of them was he goes up to Joe and he's like, hot mic. I'm hot. I'm hot tonight. Just want to let you know. Make sure Joe doesn't say anything that's going to get on the hot mic. And then when he ran, I want to say he ran into the ref and the ball fell out of his hand. He's like, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. And he picks the ball up and gives it to him. I can see why. Because the players vote on the captains. That really has nothing to do with the coaching staff or the front office or the Cincinnati Bengals. When you get voted as a captain, there's a reason. This guy comes in as a free agent, gets voted captain, and we're like, oh, that's that's pretty big deal for your center to be a captain. Offensive lineman, new guy in the locker room. There's plenty of other guys to choose from. And he was one of them. And I think we can get that now. And, and one of my favorite things about him is during or after wins, they always clip on social media the locker room, Zach Taylor speech. Everyone gets a football. And he's just in there hyping the crowd up, hyping the team up. And I can see why this guy – is huge not only for the offensive line this offense but just the organization as a whole and he's going to be a fan favorite for a while now yeah and man he just feels like when you pick up when you if you're gonna like put out traits of a center like what he struggles with is what you're okay with and what he uh does really well are things that like off the field leadership and being the leader of the the offensive line being a smart guy um you know, working really well with his communication. He's doing a good job with the two guys next to him at this point. Um, and just everything that's like, yeah, I want my center to be a really good helper, a really good leader, and like the charismatic leader of the offensive line. And that's what Ted is. So uh, he might not be an elite center. He might not be, you know, even a great center, but he's a good player. And I think he is what exactly what the Bengals offensive line needed uh, this season. We don't hear this guy's name at all, and that's always a good thing when it's an offensive lineman. He was a new addition this offseason, and Alex Kappa, a lot of people were impressed that they were able to get Alex Kappa. You know, I know Tom Brady would have um, loved him back too, but he comes to Cincinnati, and he's there. He's here. What's he looking like after four weeks of football? Alex Kappa or Ted Karras? I'm Alex sorry. Kappa. Okay, I thought that's what you meant. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> I I thought Alex Kappa the first two games was the best offensive lineman and then it's not like no reason why but like yeah, he's 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 still nice he's still uh, a good player but I do think he has fallen down just a little bit when he faces guys like Quinn Williams and Christian Wilkins who can give him a little bit of issues John Franklin Myers did the same thing against New York so I don't know if I would he was the guy that hit the ground running 
And I think he's a good player. I think he's slowed down a little bit, but that's at the cost of his communication. Everything has gotten better with his teammates. He's kind of doing that stuff better. Now, as an individual, he's playing a tiny bit worse. That's okay. I, I think I'm happy with the Alex Kappa signing. I think um, still four weeks in, no regrets about it. I, again, not an elite player, maybe not a great player. He's a good player, though, definitely. And these are what you're really shooting for out there. He's a really strong guy. He does a lot of things really well. Um, overall, it, the only thing that I think has been a consistent issue is he doesn't move all that well on wide zone, which is one of the plays the Bengals seem to be phasing a little bit out of their playbook as they realize they don't have a lot of guys that move well on wide zone, that at least as well as they thought they did in uh, training camp. So as that gets phased out a little bit, uh, I think he'll get even better in the run game. But as a pass protector and in the run game, I've been impressed with him. I think he's a good player and somebody that somebody I'm happy that they signed. I'm happy. Uh, and I don't think he's a guy that you need to protect too, too much overall. Like, I think if you're going to protect somebody, it would be Volson, who I think is playing fine, but he's a rookie. So there's moments. So he uh, he solidifies the right guard spot so that the center can help the left guard a little bit more than maybe he normally would. Okay, you mentioned it. You said moments. Tell us about those moments that you're seeing from Bolson. So there's good stuff, and it's like, man, this guy gives so much effort on like every single play. Like in pass protection, the ball gets thrown and it, like down the field, and he'll start running down after <laughs> and try to get some blocks and help lead the way and things like that. But it's just like uh, Jalen Phillips beat him inside a couple times. Christian Wilkins beat him a few times it's like he is the type of, it's just up and down. It's just, it's not always one consistent thing. Like early on, I felt like maybe it was his anchor and things like that, but now it's, he's also giving up the inside a little bit too much and letting Burrow get hit that way. Uh, Rich Kappa gave up the hit too. It happens. Um, so I think the moments are just like him learning the speed of the game and how all these players are really talented and you never, you, to me, Volson's never going to be a great player, but you're hoping that he can be like Karras and be a good starter on this offensive line and give a ton of effort and kind of be – if Karras is like the charismatic leader of the of the group, he would be the energizer bunny of the group of just like always, always going and going and never stopping. So he's finishing guys like – seven seconds into a play type sometimes it's like <laughs> defenders are used to being like dude let me go it's <laughs> like i'm putting you in the ground man you're not getting my quarterback so i i like him i i think he's doing fine as a rookie i don't think this is something it's like trey smith last year or even landon dickerson my love from that draft class uh i don't it hurts because Jackson Carmen is not working. Yeah, well. I know. That's the real issue. Look, I can I what I do is I tell myself, you know, Landon Dickerson went one pick before the Bengals could pick. And I tell myself they were taking him. They were taking they were not. But I tell myself they were taking him. <laughs> and it's just unfortunate that the Eagles had the pick right in front of them. They traded up, actually, I think. So yeah. Um and that's why the Bengals traded down, of course, <laughs> because they lost their guy. Uh <laughs> But anyway, I think I think Volson really lets you uh, feel like this is where I would hope Carmen would be after like 
into his second year after that terrible first year it's like i would hope he's just playing fine like that's what you want you just want that guy not to be a donkey on left guard and give it up a whole bunch of hits kind of like carmen would if he's winning some losing some i'm okay with it and you give him a little bit extra help plus that side's tackle is the one that's doing pretty well for himself at this point i know he's had some slips in the first two weeks but i do think jenna williams has been playing good enough that you know if you you can you know, you, it's all like a resource management. Who's getting more help on here? So if you can commit a tight end to help Collins and the center helps Volson, I think that's the best situation where the left tackle and right guard are the ones that have to win one-on-one unless they get weird fronts and all these other things. It's not going to be every play, but that's what I would think is a good plan for any team in their base defense. So what you're saying is at the end of the season, Cordell Volson is going to be so tired after his rookie year because of all this work that he's putting in right now. Oh, man. I don't know if he'll get tired. I don't know. They they, they build them different, uh, North Dakota. I know those guys are machines because my alma mater, Youngstown State, just got crushed by them again for like the 10th year in a row. Uh, they're in the same conference. I hate North Dakota State, <laughs> but I, I put that past. It's like when I assume a lot of Bengals fans see Dax Hill or Leon Hall from Michigan drafted. They go, I hate that school. But then he starts playing well. You're like, eh, I like that guy. I like that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, like that. I watch Wilson. I'm like, eh, I like that guy. But North Dakota State, for those who don't know, they're the uh, they're like a late 2000s Alabama and have been uh, in the FCS for like 20 years and won like 10 titles. It's very annoying. I love it. You mentioned Jackson Carmen, and this is probably the only time we're going to talk about him. I'm just going to bring it up. When that guy is a healthy scratch on your roster, there's two things I want to point out about that. Obviously, that was a that was a miss, a big time miss, and, and a miss that you you really didn't need to have when it was an offensive line class that was pretty deep that you could have probably had a starter in. Um, I had a Jackson. Humphrey. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty unfortunate that that they missed. But here's here's the good and the bad. Obviously, if Cordell Volson works out and he is enough at the guard position, because it's something they've struggled with since Kevin Zeitler, Clint Bowling, you know, we're all gone off this offensive line. A lot of people would say, oh, this team, they never pay the guard and they can't draft offensive linemen. And, and hopefully you, the guys you have right now stay healthy and they work out for you. The good part is this team isn't trying to push something that's not working. In Jackson Carmen. They're not saying, well, you know what? We drafted him so high. We have to put him out there. He has to play. They're like, no, he's not working out. And he's not working out as a backup. He's not a backup right now. Zach Taylor was really honest about it before the season started. And when you're getting a healthy scratch on the offensive line, that's very telling for what a front office and a coaching staff thinks of you right now. I mean, they made a waiver claim to replace that guy. Uh, it's just He's very much on the path of he's probably getting cut soon. Not this year, but this like year. like going into next year. I don't know the the dead cap situation on that or if anybody would trade for him, but he, he just doesn't seem like a roster lock for next year. It just seems what a waste of a second round pick. I mean, could you imagine? Oh, man, I don't want to play the game, but. Oh, if they draft Creed Humphrey or Trey Smith, why are you all doing these guys, are you, you're like trying to live, like, relive the I'm, Super Bowl that Jamar Chase was wide open. Stop I'm, it. I wasn't even going to bring up the Super Bowl, but they'd be, a, they'd be in such a better spot this year. You know, like they wouldn't have had to do all this. They would have had a guy that they feel confident in, but they got the one. I mean, it was such a good class. It was, it was like, so hard about that whole entire draft. And, and here's, here, well, here's the thing. They, 
and this is nothing this is not to bash the front office at all because you get logan wilson out there in 2020 you get akeem davis gather out there marcus bailey sky's the limit for the linebacker room. this is a 2020 class and i know obviously jackson 2020 Harmon class i don't think we talk about enough as like an all-time draft class we don't i mean what's crazy about it is we'll say that logan wilson We'll talk about, you know, he's underrated as a linebacker. I think national media, when people watch him under the spotlight primetime, like, this guy's a dog. He's the real deal. And he has seven interceptions on the seat, I mean, in his career so far. And that's insane to me. Um, yeah, I agree with you. But what's crazy about that class is when we talk about them, we're like, oh, yeah, they dropped a Joe Burrow anti Higgins ahead of him. So I, I, it's just, it's wild what that class can be as far as the, you know, the nuclear, the the center of what the future of this young team is. Uh, and then 2021, I mean, that's just, it's, it's, it's questionable, but this is not the hammer on the front office. They've done a great job in free agency. They've done a great job in the draft the last couple of years, but yeah, Jackson Carmen, I think that will probably be the last time we really ever talk about Jackson Carmen because there's not really a time that we'll more than likely see Jackson Carmen on the field as an offensive lineman, but yeah, I just think, man, I know they had the first pick, and you could even if you throw away the Joe Burrow pick, it act like, yeah, they, they got an average first overall pick. To me, they didn't. They got <laughs> they got the guy. You know, that's hard to find. When you look back at like some other teams that had like a slam dunk first round pick, I'm just looking at the Panthers draft class from when they had Cam Newton first year. Their second round pick, that wasn't T. Higgins, it was Terrell McLean. They traded down, I think. Uh, from 33, so that or they didn't have their 33 pick, so maybe this is a bad one to look at. But Terrell McLean's where uh, Logan Wilson we picked. He started two years, and then they didn't play him anymore. And then Sion Fua is the only other guy to have a year where he started. And then the other guys are all misses. I mean, where Keen Davis Gaither would go, it's Brandon Hogan who played one year in the league and didn't in three games. And then I I don't know. It's just like looking back, like. I know this draft class gets a little underrated because they had the first overall pick, but even when you look at pick 33 and 65 or uh, and whatever after, oh man, doing plus 32s. I haven't done this <laughs> for <laughs> 97, I think would be Logan Wilson. And then we're not going to keep going, but keep Davis Gaither. And uh, even like in the, what, in the late rounds, getting your Marcus Bailey and Hakeem Adenogies is like, yeah, we got a swing tackle and a linebacker that can play when he's needed to. That's that's tough to find. That I don't know. That draft class to me is almost on the level of what the Colts did when they drafted Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard in the same draft. And honestly, you could argue it's better just because front to bottom and getting the more important positions. And that's credit to, I mean, I feel like the senior bowl was a big part of you, you think of Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis Gaither when the coaching staff was down there for those games and, and helping coach and getting to know those players. I think that's a huge deal, what they were able to get. I, I think when you hear Logan Wilson's name, people are like, what? Who's this guy? What, where, where, why are you drafting him for? And, and he's amazing. He's he's going to be someone we're talking about getting an extension soon. And that's going to be a fun conversation on the defensive side. So my whole point was the Jackson Carmen thing didn't work out. And I'll say right now, it didn't work out. It's not going to work out. But they've hit pretty hard in the draft the last three years. And then free agency has just been crazy to think about. If you think about Trey Hendrickson, Cheeto, Mike Hilton, all of those guys on the defensive side, it's really been fun to watch. But, man, we got plenty to talk about. This is going to be fun again. Football is fun again. Week five, Bengals are even 500. They play another even team first place on the line for the AFC North 
early on in the season. And if you remember last year, because Cincinnati started three and one, a lot of the top three teams all started three and one. I want to say Pittsburgh was one and three. Uh, so we're kind of back to where it all began from last year, one game off. And that's when the expectations started to get really high for Cincinnati when we hit October of, hey, this might be a contender. This team is serious. They really have it going. And, and obviously health was on their side. You're going to have plenty at all Bengals. You're going to have your, your video content. I've retweeted a lot of your videos this weekend. Just great breakdowns, offensive line, Joe Burrow. Go check it out, Bengals underscore Sands. What's going to be online this week? Yeah, hoping tomorrow, but I have been very busy today, so I, haven't, I don't have it fully written. So okay. no promises. Could be the next day. Um, I wanted to do the gravity of having a Jamar Chase and what that does, what how opposing defenses react to it, and how that lets somebody like T. Higgins go off. Um, just should be a cool idea. Like the NBA has all the thoughts on gravity and Stephen Curry and how that affects defenses. And I think wide receivers have the same type of uh, reaction from defenses, whether that's conscious or subconscious, a little bit of both. Um, and it doesn't really get talked about as much where the safety plays four extra yards towards Jamar Chase instead of playing in the middle of the field when there's like that, or when they're just straight up doubling him and spending their resources that way. So it should be cool. I wanted to write it. And then this was a perfect game to uh, seeing it live, I think is what got me. Cause I was like, Oh my God, the safety is just like following, <laughs> you know, he's like following the Jamar Chase's every Chase's side every single time. So I was like, you could feel, I think the great, think of it like, a magnet, just a light magnet to pull him a little bit towards that way. And that lets T Higgins just, he's alone. He's alone with their best corner. I'll give them that. They know what they're doing, but you know, when you've got a guy like T Higgins, your best corner isn't always going to win that matchup. I love it. Go check it out. I'm already excited to read it. Make sure you're following along. Like I mentioned, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. We're going to be back two more episodes before kickoff for Sunday Night Football. A week from right now in about 15 minutes. We've got a good game tonight. Tampa and Kansas City. Can't wait for that one. But check it out this week. It's always game day in Cincinnati.